BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What is up, everybody? This is WCW 96, the very last episode. John LaRocca is here with me. John, we've been through 11 and a half months of WCW <laughs> in 1996. And we're at the end. We're at Starcade, And there was even a Nitro uh, the night after Starcade that not really a ton to talk about, mostly just kind of what's going to happen for uh, early 97. But I think I asked you this in when we did Raw 97, and then we did Raw 98. As you watched back, better, worse, the same as you remember? Um, It's a tough one. Uh, I would say worse... When it came to quality of the wrestling, because mm-hmm. I was younger, I thought it was a lot better. Um, a lot of stuff was like really bad on these shows, like finishes. And, yep. Referees I mean, looking stupid. Re- we, the last Nitro, <laughs> it was the Faces of Fear and Harlem Heat. And there was a moment where like the Barbarian Haku tagged, but apparently it wasn't the right time to tag. So Haku just said, F it and just kept going. And Mark Curtis is like, Hey, you tagged. And he said, Ah, whatever. <laughs> it's just like, it was the weirdest thing. But that's one, that's one example of many, though, you know. So, um, but there's still some really good wrestling. It's just, I, you know, a lot of the matches with like some of the people I thought that were really good matches weren't really that good. But, um, well, I mean, think about it. Whenever you have the heel authority or the heel crew that is the main story i mean we saw it in Mm. in wwe with vince mcmahon and then with the authority with triple h and stephanie when you do have that as your main faction the referees are going to look stupid because the whole thing is manipulating everything against the baby faces and that that i mean that's what this was in nwo as well 
And you know what's so funny about it is the NWO was kind of cruising. Like, we were going through it. It's like, oh, wow, you know, only top guys are in the faction, mm-hmm. you know, we're around September or October. And it's like, oh, you know, it's just, it's just all the really cool guys. And then what happens, and we can actually kind of kick off the episode here. What happens is they have this idea that because the NWO is so hot, they need a television show or an hour of Nitro. And in order to do that, they need more wrestlers to join the heel faction side. And so in doing that, they just dilute the entire thing. And so like the last two or three months of us talking about this is just them adding randos to the NWO and them not meaning a damn thing. They're just there to be fed to the baby faces. Yeah, and they got uh, a pay-per-view coming up the following month, sold out. So you got to fill that card up with NWO versus WCW. So you can't just do Hogan versus someone, Hall and Ash versus someone, and Six versus someone. You have to fill it out, right? So that's where you got Big Bubba, uh, Michael Rawl Street, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, Buff Bagwell, um, Scott Norton. You know, you start filling in the, the 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 group out, though it is. I mean, yes, it's a lot of people that are being added now, but honestly, I, I would take this over NWO black and white and NWO. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Back in 98, for sure, 99. 100%. So the very first Raw after World War Three, and so you have the full Bischoff heel turn. Bischoff is a part of the NWO, but you know what I didn't remember? So in my memory... Bischoff was the architect of the NWO, but that is not mm-hmm. what happened. He said he joined the the crew because it's you know better to better to join them than then to be against them. And also, and this probably does happen later as the NWO gets even more diluted and you know craziness is going on. I just remembered him kind of being a little bit more of the point man, but he really is just. Hulk Hogan's Flavor Flav. Yeah, he's the hype man. But you know what? Here's what I thought about Barrick Bischoff. I thought they missed the big time boat on this. Because y'all, we all know what happens with Ted DiBiase, right? He yes. gets phased out. Yes. And he turns they turn him baby face. And I think when Hogan's out there with Ted DiBiase, there's just a, a cool factor there. Like DiBiase, he's a, he's a cool looking dude, right? Like, and we've been already been fed that for years. The money guy, right? I think Bischoff, and he would never let his, never let this happen because his ego is way too big, right? But he should have been Hogan's pawn, right? Maybe that was an f- idea, but he should have been the pawn. Like Tim Hogan, DiBiase, Hall, Nash. Are manip- they manipulated this guy, mm-hmm. right? They fed into his ego to get what they want mm-hmm. out of WCW. You know, that's what they should have told. That's the sh- that that could have been told for a year, and then Bischoff could have been smart. Maybe someone was trying to smarten him up. You know, mm-hmm. maybe his friend Diamond Dallas Page could have been the one to. They, I mean, they leaned up. a little bit into that storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, a little bit of the reality aspect of it. Which there's another storyline we're going to talk about in a second where. They lean so far into it that nobody has a clue what's going on. Oh, yes. Uh, okay, so so Bischoff basically says, all of you WCW wrestlers, you have 30 days to convert 
your contracts. Now, I don't know if in January they bring that back, but they, they he mentioned it the one time and they reminded people on television, but I don't remember anything happening to those 30 days. I, I feel like this, well, Conan's the only one I know that joins, right? He does eventually join the NWO soon. Okay. I don't know when exactly. I think it's early on in 97. Cause I remember I thought he turned during this whole big shebang at the end of nitro, but he wasn't, he was fighting them, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, okay. So then, the first person to join is Mark's Alexander Bagwell. He and Scotty Riggs come out and they, you know, they kind of agree or agree to listen to, to Bischoff. And at this point, anybody with a clue is like, oh, poor Scotty Riggs here. <laughs> and he gets his butt kicked in and Bagwell joins. All Scotty Riggs had to say is like, Marcus Bagwell, why are you growing that goatee out? <laughs> but Bagwell... Bagwell doesn't even get to – he just hangs out in the back. He doesn't even get to talk for the whole month. Yeah. He's just like a, he's just like a hanger-on. And, and you know what I also noticed is X-Pac sort of similarly. If he didn't do karate stances, mm-hmm. he wasn't doing anything either. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it really still is Hogan, Hall, Nash, Giant, and everyone else is is just sort of there to, uh, to be a cheerleader. So Ted DiBiase – Gives uh, Michael Wall Street a contract. He walks down to ringside as Wall Street is is wrestling, and he gives him a contract. This is the funny one: is uh, Masahiro Chono <laughs> becomes NWO. Well, well not, not technically not not funny. I mean, it was surprising, but I didn't understand what the political landscape was going on at the time. You know, I was too young to understand, but it made sense. Like they allowed New Japan to run with it too. And they wanted to get over like NWOs going global, right? So, um, and it was very successful. In okay, Japan. but they they say that, mm-hmm. and on WCW television, all they do is make fun of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, well, you got Bobby Heenan. Wait, do you see the Luchadors, the little mid- minis? Oh, well, yeah, 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 but it's really Bischoff who's mm-hmm. doing the announcing, and he's saying like. You know, like ah, New Japan, like mm-hmm. you know, WCW is so much better, yeah. and and you know, we're we're the yeah, they're taking company. over. Yeah. They're going to take over New Japan as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so Chono joins, and, and I mean Chono, he he kind of looks like a badass, but he's not mm-hmm. like nothing happens. It's just like he's on TV. I think he has a match with Jericho, and they don't want to beat Jericho, so I think yeah, there's, a ca- there's a count out. I'm, I'm like, finish. I'm, I'm like, like oh, you know what? Geez, you could have yeah. beat Chris Jericho here at this point. You could have if he. I mean, Chono's a heel. He could have easily cheated, and plus, he's a major star in Japan, so it's like it would have made. It, you could have made it make sense. Yes, yes, and so. Uh, boss man, like you said, boss man joins at the end of one of the, one of the shows and on the, on the nitro after Starcade, Scott Norton does as well. And that is during the turn of the giant. Now the turn of the giant, I think what originally the turn was going to happen at the clash, which is, uh, in the late, late January before sold out, I believe mm-hmm. it may, yeah. it, I think it's before, Mm-hmm. And they pushed it up so that they could build Hogan and the Giant as the marquee for the pay-per-view, right? Is that what it was? Yes, yeah. yeah, that's the sold-out main event. Um, so the in hindsight, the Giant turning and joining the NWO was not f- for long. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. the joke now is, well, not now, but in the you know, last 15 years is how many times did the big show turn? 
The mm-hmm. Giant turned twice in like six months on uh, <laughs> on this show. And don't forget, he re- rejoins NWO, I think, in 1999 or something oh, like sure. that. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he did. Um, but I I like this turn of the Giant. I thought it was really well done. Um, I love that, you know, the whole dropping of the ball angle, you know, with Hogan, you know, blaming the Giant for his loss and at the pay-per-view. And he's just like, you know, classic heel stuff you know you dropped a ball brothers your fault yeah yeah I, I i loved it i loved it. i thought they could at least tease it for a couple more weeks you know yeah. so but uh it it worked i thought it was great and great heat on the last episode of nitro at the end there yes uh and so like i said nwo nitro was really was the the main reason why they just started adding folks and dave had a note in one of the observers uh, expect Tatanka to join the NWO. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, hey. I was just thinking about Tatanka the other day. Oh, yeah? Well, he, uh, for some reason, we're friends on Facebook. And uh-huh. uh, and I was like, he's been married for the same woman for a long time. I was like, it, I was just kind of looking at his Facebook page. He was talking about like 17 years of marriage, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. And then, um, then I was thinking like, huh, Tatanka, huh, Eddie Thorpe. Oh, yeah. You know, when they bring up the main roster, it should be the vignette of, like, you know, at the fire pit, you know, with Eddie Thorpe. And there's Tatanka, like, anointing him, like, as a new, like, Native American star, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking that. That might be too cheesy today, but I don't know. But I like it. Yeah, you'd have to treat Tatanka as, like, a, a historical figure rather than, like, the old guy that they always bring back. You'd have to kind of bring him back in, in a more respectful way, I think. Do you remember when he was like a heel, like the two thousands, when he had like the black and white makeup, and he was like more of a war, like a, like a, just like a violent warrior from or something like that? Do you remember that? I don't. I don't it was like yeah, it's probably the time you stopped watching wrestling for a little bit. You dipped out. It dipped out for a while. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so also Dave says uh, Bam Bam Bigelow's name has been brought up as well, but we talked about this before in that. That's the weird. problem with Bigelow is that he didn't get along with Hall and Nash and those guys. So, yeah, uh, you know, that probably wasn't going to happen. And Dave says there were reservations since Bigelow left WWF primarily because he didn't get along with Hall and Nash, among others. I was just watching. I haven't. I just started watching it. But Starcade 88. So yeah. The reason why I started watching it is because on this very channel that you're listening to this show, uh, once a month I'm doing, I'm bringing back observe this mm-hmm. and we're covering 1989, me and my buddy, Brandon Draven. And in, in how we're covering it is basically we're going month to month and we're using Dave's observers as the, uh, as the guide because he published the book of the yeah. 89 observers. So we're just going to go through month by month and talk about all the big shows and then, you know, there's still there's still a tiny bit of AWA stuff going on in that time frame, and there's still some regional stuff that we can kind of peek at. But uh, so I, I just I'm, I'm getting ready to to kind of go through January in the Observer. So I threw on Starcade '88 because that's the very first issue of 1989 is Dave recapping Starcade. So I, th- I threw that, and Big uh, Bam Bam Bigelow is is on that show. My favorite Lex Luger versus Ric Flair matches on that period. Yep. Yep. Uh, so WCW also, uh, made an offer to Savage at this point, but it wasn't exactly what he wanted, but still 
better than Vince's offer. So Randy Savage is kind of hanging out, being the free agent, being being the bell of the ball, waiting for the who's going to give him the most money. Uh, when does he come back? By the way, do you remember? Who is that? Again, Savage. Savage. Oh, uh, uh, after um, after Super Brawl or no, at Super Brawl. Okay. Because he comes out is Hogan Piper two, and Savage comes out and hits Piper with the uh, spray can. Okay. He might be maybe you know might, um, he might have been the Nitro before because there's a Nitro where he comes out and just sits in a chair to open up the show up and holds the show up hostage and people and like. You gotta get out of the ring, and he won't get out of the ring. And like mm. they send like a match out. I think it's like Alex Wright goes out there, gets his ass kicked by Randy Savage. <laughs> so it might have been before or after that pay per view Super Bowl, but yeah. Okay, so we have a U.S. title tournament, and you know we were given AEW crap about their tournaments. At least they had a bracket because yeah. we didn't even have a bracket for this one. And all no. of a sudden, the very first show after the pay per view was Lex Luger and Arn Anderson, and they, you know, they had the 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 really uh, the really good feud stemming from the War Games, where Lex is the one who lost the match, and then Lex was all fired up and had and and was doing some really good stuff, and uh, and then they have this match, and Lex Luger, the stupid babyface. Gets counted out, and it's, I think it's a double count out because he just puts the torture rack on the guy outside the mm-hmm. ring. Yeah, he was, was he was like, hell bent on hell bent on revenge. Oh, then, man, uh, but the uh, yeah, we don't get any brackets. But the finals is the rematch: Eddie Guerrero and Diamond Dallas Page for Starcade. Yeah, there is a hell of a Chris Benoit Eddie Guerrero match. Yes, that, that was really good. That was really good. I mean, the finish is cool, but also weird when like they're both on the top rope. Eddie is facing out. You know, he's sitting on top rope, but he's facing, you know, out, uh, away from the ring. Mm-hmm. Benoit looks like he's going for a top rope belly to back suplex. But Randy Anderson, for some reason, is telling him to get down. So he is on the rope, second rope, like touching Benoit. And Benoit kind of like, sh- like shoes him off. He shoes him off. Randy Anderson kind of takes a little bump back. Doesn't, you know, doesn't fall on his butt. He just lands on his feet, kind of stumbles off. And Eddie gives like the back elbow to Benoit. Benoit takes the you know second rope schoolboy, lands perfectly, and Eddie does the coolest frog splash I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He's he's back is towards the ring. He jumps out, twists into the frog splash. It was amazing. That crowd that crowd was insane for that match. That crowd was that was a really great <laughs> match, man. Um, Benoit was having some really good ones in this time period. So was Eddie, you know, of course, but. Uh... Yeah. And, I, I, and it still kind of makes me ill for Benoit to do that superplex um, and then, like, go over slightly where it looks like he just bangs the back of his head every single time. I think he is. And he also had a good match with Jericho, too, as well, right? There was a match with him and Jericho, I think, on this last Nitro we just watched. So, By the way, if uh, Excalibur was, was calling that suplex, that superplex, he'd call it the avalanche suplex. Oh, goodness gracious. Everything was an avalanche on this uh, last AEW pay-per-view that we watched. I was like, Jesus, how many you, avalanches can we get? Do you think they've gone, speaking of a, a good match, but they've gone to it way too much now, it doesn't even feel special, Rey Mysterio and Team Malenko? Yes. Because like, they had it in the last Nitro, and I'm like, oh, cool. But I'm, I was like, well, I want to see something different from these guys. I was, I th- see I was thinking the exact same thing, and 
what it it's just what happens when mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's gonna get worse when they go to three hours for Nitro and then when they bring in Thunder because yeah. just recycling match it matches because you know you you have to you have so much TV yeah yeah no I agree with you I thought the exact same thing when they showed that match uh, okay so we have uh, the DDP story now DDP is he is distancing himself from the rando WCW wrestlers who are not the cool NWO. He's kind of in, on his own island. Mm-hmm. And the story and Mean Gene is like calling him out on it. He's like, dude, what what's up with the, you know, what's up with you and Hall and Nash? And GDP's just like, yeah, man, you know, me and me and Hall back in the day, you know, I was, I, I was the, his manager and, you know, Kevin Nash was my f- very first tag team partner. And so, you know, we have ties. And so me and Gene was getting up in his business like, that means you must be NWO. And he's like, <laughs> look, man, like you can have relationships and you can have, you know, the, these things. And then he's like, well, what about Bischoff? Aren't you guys next door neighbors? Like, yeah, you know, we live in the same neighborhood. <laughs> I, I like, oh, man, you got to go there. That's why like, you got to go there. Because <laughs> at that time in 1995 online, the... In the uh, uh, internet wrestling community, the IWC, um, that was a big knock on DDP. Oh, he's only getting all his TV time because he's friends with Eric Bischoff. Yeah, you know, that was, you know, so and, yeah. And it that, it, it it's ha- happens everywhere in wrestling. It pays yeah. to be friends with the the guy who's uh, making decisions. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, the after he loses to Eddie Guerrero at Starcade, which we'll we'll talk about that match because I thought that match was pretty good. Mm-hmm. They the story is that because they interfered in that match to kind of teach DDP a lesson, he was kind of like teasing, like he may have to join them because he can't beat them, and so he mm-hmm. he just kind of spout he's kind of spouted NWO and walked away from Mean Gene, and the story, as I remember it, is he's about to put the shirt on, and then he just hits the hits the diamond cutter on. Was it Hall? Hall? Yeah. yeah. Or Nash, maybe. Nash. Is it Nash? Hall and goes I, to the table, I think. Or yeah, and, and then, you know, the, the crowd goes goes pretty crazy for him. That kind of uh, that kind of makes him, makes him yep. as, as, as a star. Yeah. I like the, the stuff, you know, leading before Starcade when Hall and Nash would come out during his interviews with DDP, and they'd be like, hey, man, you know, like, and he, but, you know, truthfully, Dallas Page would have joined the NWO, but he's like, number seven? Yeah. You know, like number eight or whatever he was, you know, like how can I be, you know, number seven, you know, so I, so I like that part of it. Like, you know, he probably would have joined these guys if he was picked early, just his ego can handle it. And yeah, but it worked out great. Especially because and... they're boys, right? Yeah. They're supposed yeah. to be boys. So it, it makes sense for him to be a little frustrated with that. Yeah, that was great. I like that stuff. Uh, okay. So then the next story that I want to talk about is uh, this Chris Benoit and Kevin Sullivan and Nancy Sullivan and um, uh, Mongo McMichael and Deborah McMichael. Like, I don't remember Deborah McMichael getting so much mic time. I do remember this. And I remember not liking this part. I remember not liking Deborah. I don't think she was attractive, but I didn't like Deborah. At this time, but you know what? In hindsight, pretty fucking she's fantastic. Really good for she not was, being in wrestling. She is 
freaking awesome. And you know who she, you know who she's better than? Mongo. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh shoot. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no. I know. Mongo, we don't hate we hate the hate the jump on you right now. No, no, no. Ma- Ma- no just the wrestling character yeah. version of yes. Mongo. Mongo yeah. is uh yeah. Uh he's I think, you know, he's up for the Hall of Fame this year. For football. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not right. wrestling observer hall of fame. I was like, what? Oh <laughs> my gosh. Yeah. I mean, he's in a he's in a whole hall of fame in his own wing in the wrestling hall of fame, but yeah. uh special one. Um it's a little it's in an attic, but you know, he's he has a spot there. Yeah. Uh, but no, she's great. I love like she's calling Nancy a tramp and all this stuff. Like she's like eyes all eyes on me, you know, I'm the top woman in this group, the four horsemen. Yep. Um I like all that. It's just the part you're going to talk about how they expect us to know this, that Kevin Sullivan and woman are actually married. Right. But I knew it because I was on the online and, you know, I knew that stuff. I remember our wrestling history stuff. I know that because just following their careers. But, but like the casual viewers probably like, what the hell is this about? Like, who cares? Why does Kevin Sullivan want woman, you know, all of a sudden? And instead of Kevin Sullivan outright saying, you know, I'm really sad because my marriage is coming to an end. He beats around the bush. And yeah. He's just yeah. like, you know, he's telling Arn in, in the inset promo how he's just depressed and he's sad. And nobody says anything. Nobody mentions anything about woman and Kevin Sullivan's past outside mm-hmm. of being really subtle. So thus, because there's no... Uh, you know, th- there, there's, there's no baseline. Chris Benoit and woman were like, oh, so Kevin Sullivan is mad that Chris Benoit is young and and he's hooking up. Like that's the part where you're like, why is he mad? Like I don't get it. Yeah. And all they had to do was lean into the the actual truth a little bit more instead of trying to do this internet thing. Um, and you know, it really didn't make any sense. Like even watching it back, knowing. Everything that happened, I still feel like it didn't really make any sense. Yeah, no, it does not make any sense. What they should have done, they should have established woman being married to Kevin Sullivan when she debuted, and she's joined the Horsemen to help them out. Because remember the NWO, Horsemen, excuse me, and the Dungeon of Doom were associated, right? They're aligned to go against Hogan and friends. Yes, and they could have said that they were married legally, but there's been issues. Thus, you know, there's conducting separate business within wrestling, but point out that there is that connection, right? And then, then it could have, you know, they could at least followed it up with this and we could understand it. But yeah, I, I, yeah, this sucked. I mean, I, I thought it was cool at the time, but looking back, it wasn't good. You know who else thought else I thought was cool at the time in 1996, Hmm. but it's just annoys the hell out of me. Nature boy Ric Flair. <laughs> like, he ruins so much, so many of these segments. He comes out, especially now that he has no focus, he's injured, he can't wrestle, but they have him come out, do promos during the horseman issues. But, like, he just adds nothing of, like, the goofy guy, right? Like, he just wants to dance and let's party and blah, 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 blah. It just doesn't work for me. You know, they have here you have Mongo and and Benoit beefing, and then Flair's just like, 
hold on, let, let's go drink, let's go party, let's go dance. I'm like, oh man. I guess it it makes sense. Like he's just trying to keep the peace, but the way he goes about it is such an, a a goofy way. It doesn't look like doesn't look cool. He just looks like a goof, in my opinion. Well, there's a there's a few issues with it. One is it's at the center of this stupid Sullivan, and, mm-hmm. and, and because Arn Anderson is pissed off at Benoit because Benoit is out in uh, European, uh, yeah, he, really he, Japan though, right? Yeah, and, and uh, you know he's he's goofing off and he's drinking red wine and he's not handling horseman business. But Benoit goes, no, no, no. We we were out in Europe, man. We were handling horsemen business. I was thinking, like, what could you possibly be handling in Europe? <laughs> like, like, like the four horsemen have like this fan club out there. Like, what's going on? There's a ranch out there. Maybe there's so he's sending the four horses. <laughs> so that is part of the problem. And like you said, Flair doesn't have anything because he's uh, he's not wrestling. But mm-hmm. then, so you 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 have this confusing storyline that no one is explaining. And then you have Jeff Jarrett just kind of sitting in limbo, and he can't really, they can't really progress that story until Flair can wrestle again, I'm assuming. So they're, so Jeff Jarrett's just coming out and going like, hey man, I was supposed to be a part of this thing. What happened? And, and so it's just like they're, they're stuck in neutral on, on some of this stuff until Flair is, uh, is, is able to wrestle again. Yeah. When Jeff Jarrett comes out in that last promo on the last Nitro of, of 1996, December 30th. And Jeff Jarrett comes out and says, hey, Ric Flair, remember, you told me I was the man, you know? Yeah. And then he kind of gets the spat with Mongo. I'm like, oh, my God. You have Chris Benoit and woman having an affair, right? Then you have Mongo and Deborah married. Who's, she's about to have an affair and go with Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's just like, holy shit, wrestling. It is. So just, uh, yeah, it's wild. And then, of course, what happens in the WWF with oh Steve Austin and Deborah? Yeah, I know. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, 
and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Uh, okay, so the next year's pay-per-view schedule for 1997, they're doing 12 pay-per-views. Two of them build as NWO events. I only remember one of them was NWO. Did they do a second NWO show? I think it's just one sold out, and I think that at one point it becomes WWE slash NWO, right? Like co-promotion. Oh, okay. Deal. Okay. That's going to be it. I think maybe around Great American Bash, I want to say. So Possibly. WCW was charging twenty seven ninety five for their major shows, which hmm. meant which were generally like, okay, Hulk Hogan is wrestling on this show. We're charging an extra three bucks. Uh, and twenty four ninety nine for all the non Hogan shows. Uh, and I think Dave believes they're going to raise the price for the shows uh, for 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 the whole year. I, I I don't I didn't really understand exactly what he was saying, so maybe they didn't have like the whole thing mm-hmm. uh, uh, marked out or or whatever. But um, I think I think what he meant was oh yeah okay here's what he meant. They they weren't gonna have the non Hogan shows be lower. Everything was gonna be twenty seven ninety five. So that that's the case there. Did not affect me. I had that beautiful black box, baby. <laughs> so before we get to Starcade, there's another fun story here, and I I'm sure you've heard this. I may have heard it myself, but I don't remember it. So it's around Christmas, Christmas party at Diamond Dallas Page's house. Which, and Dave mm-hmm. wrote in parentheses, mm-hmm. someone termed Silicon Valley, since Kimberly had her stripper and mo- and modeling friends there. The Nitro Girls of the future Nitro Girls. I, 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 yeah, I think <laughs> I think probably. that's who it might be. So he wrote that they actually taped an angle with the NWO and Bischoff crashing his party in something that wasn't an angle. And so I don't remember this ever being televised. So I'm sure they just shelved it. Mm-hmm. In something that wasn't an angle, apparently former wrestler who was uh, heavy metal Van Hammer mm-hmm. was there and began running down WCW for using little Mexican wrestlers. Given Hammer's ability as compared with the guys he was running down, he came off to almost everyone like a fool. Anyway, supposedly his spouting off went from Mexicans to British wrestlers, most notably Dave Taylor, and Steve Regal. The end result was that since Regal was there, a confrontation ensued, and Regal, who used to fight people in carnivals when he was a teenager, is the wrong person to rile up. Two headbutts later, Van Hammer was KO'd and on the floor, and apparently Bischoff, who was there, was saying that Van Hammer had little chance of ever getting back into WCW in the first place, but now he has... No chance. And he came back as a member of the flock in 1998. <laughs> yeah, he did. Or 97, possibly. Speaking of the flock, also at the party, according to Dave, was Raven. Oh. And easy. it'll, it'll He's get, known for a good party. <laughs> it'll get the rumor mill going, but don't read anything into that at all, at mm-hmm. least in Christmas of 96. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll just be there in the summer of 97. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about Starcade. The, I, just, I thought the card itself, now you have one main focus, and that is NWO versus WCW, Hogan versus, uh, versus Roddy Piper. 
that is the main focus, and they spend a lot of time talking about that. Mm-hmm. Also, you have the U.S. title tournament. You have the tag championship match with uh, Hall and Nash against the Faces of Fear. And not really anything else was very well built up. I, I couldn't even remember what some of these matches were when we when we watched the beginning of the pay-per-view. I guess Jarrett and Benoit was put together late. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lex Luger and the Giant, but I don't remember that being hammered home like crazy, like that was actually going to be the match. So I feel like, you know, out of, I don't know, there was like nine matches on this show, if you count the dark match. I only really knew three of them going into Starcade, like as done deals. I remember most of the card. Um, I didn't. I forgot about Benoit and Jericho. Um, but uh, but yeah, I thought this was a really good pay per view. Honestly, I no, thought- it was it was good. It was just like it just felt like the undercard was just thrown together, even though they had a ton of time to put it together. Like they just did not promote it very well on night. Yeah, well, it gets worse. I mean, like like the thrown together feeling that you felt like wait till like 90s late 97 to like 98 to 99. It's just most random, like, you know, Brian Adams and fit Finley versus like, like what the hell is this? You know, but, um, this was a good show. I really, a really good pay-per-view. Um, I don't think they really had a bad, bad match on it. Honestly, I'm trying to think what's anything that stood out. That was really bad, but, I it like it flew by for me when I was watching it, and I I watched it all like within one day. So what? So the previous year we had the New Japan versus WCW matches. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Um, but this year there is not that theme. But they're still kind of doing like Bobby Heenan's like taking account of of how many times Japan beats USA yeah, in the yeah. beginning of the show, and I was like, it wasn't advertised as that either, so that was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, he's Bobby Heenan was. Uh, I don't know if he was on one again or drunk or anything, but he might have been. But uh, he was. He had some uh, some good moments and some, a lot of bad moments. Some jokes that were like you know falling. Just the, almost like the old grandpa jokes. You're yeah. like, man, grandpa, you're still saying those jokes. Yeah. You know, they're yeah, just not yeah, hitting yeah. anymore. Yeah. Uh, Dusty was having a lot of fun. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, th- I thought D- Dusty was trying to definitely be entertaining. And I always got a kick out of him because of the way that he would talk. And, you know, my <clears throat> we talked about the 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 uh, 91, uh, was it? Was it super? Was it Russell uh, War? Russell War, yeah, with, with Miss Lady A, and a. And Mickey, <laughs> Mickey Honda, yeah, and like yeah. and stuff. So you know that, that it's dusty. That I, I guess the announcing itself, uh, you know, I think back because you know, talk to people <clears throat> who are watching wrestling today, and they're like, ah, oh, I kind of like Tony Schiavone, and I'm like, how? He's so bad. <laughs> And then he was ten times better here. In, he, in he, he, he was definitely better, but still, a lot of the the stuff that I get bothered with uh, that he does today, he was doing in 1996 as well. <laughs> uh, okay, so the opener, the dark match opener, is uh, similar to what we would get. Uh, actually, it might it might have been the same match that we would get on Nitro the uh, the next day. The minis. Oh, Masquerita Sagrada and Octagon Cito Beach, Jarito Estrada and Piratita Morgan when Sagrada pinned Morgan with a crucifix. Dave was told the four got over pretty well with the crowd and was said to have been about a two star match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They 
you know, the Mexican luchadors are fun. The mini luchadors are fun to watch. I mean, and listening to Bobby Heenan like do color commentary. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and anytime you know someone's thrown up in the air, he gets uh, very excited. <laughs> All right, the opener, Ultimo Dragon pinned Dean Malenko to win the cruiserweight title and unify it with the other eight titles in the J Crown. And the plan was that he was going to face Jushin Liger at the Tokyo Dome on January the 4th, and Liger was going to win all mm-hmm. the belts except the WCW belt because yes. the contract was only for the eight, not the one that Dragon just beat Malenko for on, on this show. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this was a really, really good match. Really good. Um and I actually like the Clash of Champions match better, which happens in a few weeks, um, where Malenko regains the um, Cruiserweight title. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I thought this was great. I, I get a, a solid four-star match. You know, they talk about Malenko as the Iceman, and, you know, you can't ever take him out of his game. Mm-hmm. There there was some frustration here from, from young Dean Malenko. Like, he was, like, showing a little bit of the frustration, which worked yeah. because his character never showed any... Anything but his poker face. So I like that part of it, and uh, and yeah, just uh, the the technical wrestling style uh, was uh, was was really really good. And Dave gave it four and a half. Mm. Maybe you should have a we can have a follow up on our first uh, uh, popcorns of power driver show because I may I'll, may I'll ask Dave actually this Saturday. I'll see him this Saturday at the mm-hmm. Jeremy Feinstone's birthday we're gonna be celebrating his birthday and um i'm gonna ask this question i think by the time people listen to this i think that's the day that we're gonna be hanging out so yeah i want to ask him because the following nitro on december 30th jushin liger wrestles Baltimore dragon and loses clean mm. and yes 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 which blew my mind because this i know that's the tokyo dome match yes. right yes where liger wins so i'm like what why is like why would they approve this match to happen with Liger losing and I wonder what the like what was maybe you could look this up on the, in the observers what was like how did Japan spin it you know right 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 there is yeah that, that blew my mind I don't remember them wrestling the next night on Nitro and I was like whoa wait a yes. second here yeah, I thought we were gonna get like a, I thought we were gonna get like a non-finished Broadway we ended up getting a Broadway but that was for Demon League yeah it was for Demon League Ray yeah yeah and yeah, and it wasn't even that long of a match. No, and it was clean right in the middle, right? Yeah. Wild. So Akira Hokuto, because they were also doing a women's tournament, which none of, from what I remember, I don't know if anything was on Nitro. It must have been on WCW mm. Saturday Night. There was a match, remember, Zero? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Gusa Nagayo. But they never talked about this tournament on Nitro, so... They said it. I think during that match, they said it was coming up. And I think a lot of the matches happened like on a worldwide. Oh, okay, that makes indication sense. Indication of pro because I remember seeing those matches later on. Um, but yeah, then they, you know, I mean, I was super excited that Hokuto was in the finals with Medusa at the time. So Hokuto pin Medusa in seven minutes. Kensuke Sasaki was there. Sonny Ono was there, and Sasaki and Ono kind of got into it a little bit at the end. And uh, uh, Sonny Ono hit Medusa with the flagpole because mm-hmm. Medusa came out with the American flag like she was Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And uh, Hokuto then hit her with the missile dropkick and the Northern Lights bomb to win the championship. 
Yeah, I don't know why the moves didn't go over here. I mean, I guess they were trying to build it up to when she does win. Maybe that's what they told her. But I would have had her just win. You know, have her put a belt on Medusa. You know, have her tour, whatever, you know, all Japan women's group there. I guess they were working with at the time or Gaia group where it was. And just, you know, ha- have her wrestle here and there. And, you know, if you're not that serious about it, but you still I mean, at least put the girl on. At least put her, your girl, the belt. Yeah, I thought that was good. I was weak. I was kind of bummed about that. Uh, yeah, and then uh, it's a two, two, three quarter star match, maybe two, two and a half. Dave had it at one and a four, one and a oh, uh, but, I was a little bit in that. I mean, I you know when I talked to Medusa, when Dave and I had her on, when she was promoting her book, yeah. I mean, I flat out asked her. I was like, you know, what happened? Like, w- w- it seemed like you came in hot, and then it just was so inconsistent and she just basically said yeah you know there were so many promises and yeah, <laughs> just yeah, nothing happened yeah, yeah so this is part of that uh roddy piper did a wacky interview that's all i gotta say about it just craziness sounds about right <laughs> <laughs> Nah, it was wacky for sure he was he was on one in in this interview uh and you know every time me and gene was like hey uh what about that hip he would just hop on the one foot <laughs> that's all he would do <laughs> Uh, so Jushin uh, Liger pinned Rey Mysterio in uh, just over 14 minutes. The, I think the most interesting thing about this match is, you know, when when we go back five years with Liger showing up in WCW, and back then the story was how small he was. Yeah. And now he wrestles match with Rey, and he's a giant compared to Rey. Yeah. 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 He uh, he's yeah thick and. He's uh, he's wide, but he, he's like a little fire hydrant. He always has been. Um, this match was good, a lot better than I remember. I remember at the time being disappointed with it because remember Justin Liger to me was the high flyer. Ray Mysterio, of course, being the high, the new high flyer. I was expecting a very more uh, you know up in the you know, a, a fight in the sky is kind of a match. A lot of flying moves, dies and whatnot. But Liger at the time, they you know came back from the brain uh, tumor uh, surgery. And so he modified his style to be more of a high impact slam suplexes um, stuff. So um, looking back, I remember being disappointed, but now watching with my eyes today, I actually thought it was really good. Um, Not as good as Ultimo Dragon versus Steve Malenko, which I gave four stars, but this one, I I, I gave it a good uh, three and a quarter, three and a half. Dave had it at three and three quarter. Mm Mm-hmm. The other thing about this that's kind of interesting is in both of those matches, they're basically helping New Japan set up what they're doing at the Tokyo Dome, mm-hmm. and and they're using their own wrestlers to help set that up. And it's like I, I think of you know what Tony Khan in New Japan does and basically by the time that we're recording by the time people listen to this the Tokyo Dome will already Tokyo Dome show will already be over but like eight like Tony Khan's booking does not accentuate what New Japan is doing on their stuff he's just like oh yeah you know I have wrestlers who want to go out there so I'm gonna <laughs> let them but mm-hmm. we're not gonna like you know we're not gonna help their their storylines and here they're actually like really helping what New Japan is trying to do for their big show yeah, there was definitely a lot more uh, team up with New Japan WCW at the time, especially with, like I said, NWO starting over there. At one point, there was a discussion about doing a, a WCW's version of the Super J Cup 
and they're talking about maybe one point making a pay-per-view or something. So that that could have been also a reason why they're featuring guys like Liger and Ultimo Dragon pretty strong too as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Liger wins with a uh, a Liger Liger bomb, and, and he's yeah. wrestling like like the power guy versus the mm-hmm. small guy, which is kind of yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Jarrett pinned Benoit. <sighs> I get it. But Benoit's so good. I don't know about Benoit losing any matches at this point in his career. Um, yeah, I mean, they try to make sense of it. Where the Jadu members, I think it was was it the Hugh Morris and I forget who the other person was that came Conan, out. Conan, 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 try to kidnap women. I guess yeah. that's to describe it. They were like is, fighting her, and she was like. Man, she man, she's tough, dude. You know, she was she gave Hugh Morris the best kick the balls I think I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. And I was like, man, it looks so good. I thought she really did it. And then like, the replay showed she did exactly how you're supposed to do it, man. She's she was great. Um, and at the same time, there's Arn Anderson who goes out there to teach Benoit a lesson, like give him some of his own medicine real quick. But he wanted to still want Benoit to win, so he rolls. Um. No, excuse me. He goes out there. Yeah, he does something to Benoit, right? The yes. kind of so then, Arn yeah, Anderson. Yeah, yeah, he DD, it, yeah. he DDTs Jarrett on the floor. Yes, throws him in the ring. Jarrett and Jarrett rolled and uh, then just put his arm on top of Benoit's body for the three count. And Benoit, he was uh, he was beat up because uh, yeah, he got hit with the chair by Kevin Sullivan. Yes. So Arn. DDT's Jarrett and I mean I don't I'm trying to remember like did he show that he hated Jarrett at any point or was that just because he's closer to Benoit even though Jarrett's trying to be part of this team so that's also part of the confusion and then uh Jarrett so Jarrett is rolled rolled in and then he his arm is just on on top of Benoit but then Arn's reaction yeah was kind of like weird in that you didn't know if that's what he wanted or he was just like no. eh like yeah he wanted he wanted to roll in ben, uh, Jarrett for Benoit to pin him yeah but then when he rolled him in he didn't realize Benoit he didn't realize Kevin Sullivan knocked Benoit with the, with the wooden chair you know they, every time that they do a chair shot they bring out that wooden chair that explodes and uh, he hits Benoit and then you know the a, a dead oh, excuse me I shouldn't say that a uh, a knocked out Jeff Jarrett, you know, gets rolled in the ring and his arm just flops onto Benoit who's down and he gets pinned. It was a lame, the lame finish. But the match itself up to there was pretty good, I thought. Yet Arn screaming at woman, saying that it was all her fault. Again, mm-hmm. part of the thing they're not telling anybody about, which yeah, we're supposed yeah. to assume, or we're, I think we're supposed to go on to uh, the prodigy uh, boards or something to figure out what, what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, GeoCity something dot com whatever. Uh, and then Mean Gene is trying to like get people to talk, but I think I, th- I don't think his mic is working, and he's getting pissed off, and nobody's talking to him. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, what what did you have this rated as? Um, f- bad finish. The match itself was good. I'm gonna go two two stars. Three and a half from Dave. Oh, that Dave. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash beat Ming and the Barbarian. Nick Patrick, the referee, uh, and he was doing the Nick Patrick stuff. Hmm. Um, I, 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 it's funny watching this match because there were moments 
where it almost seemed, and you know, because Scott Hall's a big dude, right? Like Scott Hall, six yeah. four or whatever, just giant man, you know, buffed out. Yet, I you know, from a reputation standpoint, like not really like the ass kicker. And there's a there's a, a time frame around this time frame, or there's a situation around this time frame where I think it's a. Uh, is it Nobs? He and Nobs like get into Sags. it. Is it Sags? Yeah, yeah he and Sags get into it, and like he he hits Sags in the back with a chair, and Sags got pissed and just wanted to like knock his teeth out, and so <laughs> he's got to miss a show. Um, and and so like, not to say that Hall couldn't take care of himself, but you're I'm watching this match and going like, okay, Hall's being very careful with these guys. Yeah. Yeah. very careful. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of respect in that ring yes. going on. This was a great match, I thought. I thought way better than I remember it being. I loved this match. I think it's one of Hall and Nash's best matches since they arrived in WCW. Um, you know, I, I always liked the faces of fear. I remember Tom Caster was obviously always say, you know, we should have got a run with the tag team titles. <laughs> you always say faces of fear. And I agree with them. They're great. And this match just clicked. I thought everything worked really well. I think I thought Nick Patrick again was fantastic as the NWO referee and pulling his shenanigans with the the face of fear and um, awesome power bomb on the, the Barbarian by Kevin Nash, which he's done before when uh, at Survivor Series like 1994 when if you remember the Barbarian as Sioni in mm. the Head Shrinkers. Mm-hmm. Kevin, I remember Kevin Nash power bombing a uh, uh, big Sioni. I think, oh my gosh! And here he pulls it out again, and uh, it was awesome. The crowd went nuts for that. So good match. Six um, gets involved with with Jimmy Hart and takes the megaphone and threatens to beat up poor Jimmy. Yes, yeah, six gets involved. Great crowd heat. I'm gonna go three and three quarters. Wow, Dave had it as a one star match. What Dave? What's he talking about? Come on, Dave. <laughs> None of flips. It was. <laughs> it was. It wasn't it was, a Tokyo Dome. Well, well, no. I like that when people say that. Well, no. If, what it was was it was. It wasn't even as much of a brawl. It was mm-hmm. Scott Hall just, you know, selling, 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 and then making the hot tag, and Kevin Nash winning is what the match was. Mm. Yeah, that no, was just well, well worked. I thought it just a nice, well worked tag team match. I was. I, I was really into this one, as you could tell by my star rating, but um, definitely I, I want people, I want Dave to revisit and restar this one sucker. He needs to do that. <laughs> All right. Eddie Guerrero beats Diamond Dallas Page. And I liked this match. Of course, the finish is with the NWO beating up DDP and 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 the, the fans, as, as they come out, they're thinking that they're going to help DDP. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, they beat up DDP, and he takes the razor's edge. Guerrero hits the frog splash, wins the match, and I just liked it. I thought Guerrero was awesome. I thought DDP, because you know, DDP is like secretly like a giant human as well. Yeah, he's huge. But yeah. he's also very athletic. You know, he's he he doesn't, he's not stiff. He's not, you know, can't move. Like, he can move. And so I thought they worked well together. The only part I didn't like, this is the only part I didn't like. So after the match, you know, Guerrero gets the win, and there was some confusion whether there was a belt or not. And there was was a belt. (laughs) And so, you know, Guerrero needs to be the smart baby face. 
and he needs to see when his bread is buttered. And instead, he's like fighting all these dudes. Yeah. And yeah. he actually gives him a little bit of a go until he gets overpowered. And I was like, man, you needed to be the smart guy. You needed to skate out of that. You needed to skedaddle. Like the, yeah. the NWO already got over by helping him win and beating up DDP. They didn't then need to beat him up, too. Yeah, it would be nice to have one babyface, you know, smarter than the heels and slide out. You know, I like that he was giving some stuff, give drop kicks on each guy. Um, yeah, yeah, this match was was really good. They have really good chemistry together, DDP and Eddie Guerrero. You know, DDP, like you said, he's he's a huge man. But what made DDP also stand out? One, he's a, was a hard worker. To me, he's like one of the hardest workers I've ever seen in wrestling because, like, from what he started at, you know, yeah. we saw him grow. Yeah, as a wrestler in ring, it just always amazed me. Is that he to get better he studied you know japanese wrestling he studied the lucha libre and he fit into where the you know the for his style to make to have him stand out right and so he was he could work with anyone and yeah, this match is good i had it at three and a half stars um i remember being shocked that eddie Guerrero won the u.s title you know because he was still in that like are they going to get behind this guy or not you know he's getting a little bigger too you could tell the physique oh, yeah. he's getting oh, a little yeah. bigger yeah, you know, a lot of people like knock on Bischoff and but you know, he pushed Benoit, he pushed Eddie, he yeah. pushed um uh, Dean, you know, or, or you could say Kevin Sullivan did, but with obviously Eric's approval. So mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, Dave had it at three. Mm. All right, so we have Lex Luger finally beating the giant. Lex finally gets a big win mm-hmm. after getting so ever ever so close. And yeah. you know, like we like we've been saying He's really one of like the the stars of '96, even though you know most people kind of overlook what he was doing. Uh, you know, this match wasn't fantastic, but it was I thought it was really good for Lex to be the babyface uh, who who beats uh, you know finally beats the NWO. Though Roddy Piper would would then also yeah. do that uh, right after this match. But yeah, like Lex finally gets it. Sting is is, is involved. Um, Nick Patrick is involved. Nick Patrick like bumps Luger, who's got the, yeah. the the torture rack. I'm like, the giant is a giant human being. Lex is balanced and everything. Do not clip his leg. What are they yeah. even thinking? Like Lex could have just fell like a like a domino, uh, uh, you know, domino placement. But uh, so Nick Patrick is involved in this as the yeah. the ref because there's the ref bump and then Sting mm-hmm. comes in and sort of whispers in both of their ears and drops the baseball bat and leaves. And it kind of reminded me, remember when they did this uh, in uh, AEW? There was a ma- I think it was a women's match, right? Was it uh, who was it? <laughs> it was. Um, Sky Blue versus... No, 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 no. it was one oh. of the Japanese wrestlers. It wasn't Riho. It was... Uh, Yuka Sakazaki? No. Uh, I mean, Sakura is only like three of them, I think they've... No, who's the, who's the most pushed one? Sky Blue. No, the Japanese wrestler. <laughs> what is her name? Rio. No, the other one. The... the uh, <laughs> Japanese wrestler that's oh uh, Hikaru Shida yes how can we miss her remember when uh when Shida we 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 weren't sure kendo stick yeah she threw the kendo stick in the ring but she kind of threw a little bit too far yeah yeah. (laughs) that's what that's what it reminded me I was I wonder if they got that finish from from this match she came back to locker room and Steve Borden there is just sitting there like (laughs) Like shaking his head 
I said lightly <laughs> toss. Lightly. Um, God, how did I forget Sheeta's name? She's. Uh, I she, know. They, they push her. Uh, oh, she disappeared. A, a big deal. Yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. Um. So. Luger gets the bat. Uh, giant actually, Luger actually gets the bat. The giant steps on it, and then Luger goes uh, nut shot, and so <laughs> the giant cowers over. Luger hit gets the bat, hits him, uh, and then scores the pin. And it was the first NWO loss, and that is the tease for the giant um, mm-hmm. turning because yep. when the giant is in trouble, he doesn't get. Holland Nash coming out to help him. He gets Nick Patrick and X Pac coming in. Which, if I'm X Pac, I'm like, hey man, like, like, kind of that's a shot on me. Like, I'm coming to help, and just because I'm not Holland Nash. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we get the main event. Or so, what did you have that one rated? At a solid two stars. That's exactly what Dave had. Yeah, yeah. Rowdy Roddy Piper against Hulk Hogan. Piper was. Over like crazy. And it's funny because everyone's wearing an NWO shirt and they're all cheering for Roddy yeah, Piper. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys just you guys aren't aren't uh doing your job. In today's today's audience, they would feel it is their need to do their job for the television cameras and, mm-hmm. and pretend and they would have booed uh Roddy Piper. Piper came in good shape, I thought. Yeah, he was good. He looked good. Yeah, the match was good, I thought, for their for them, you know, we weren't we're not gonna we weren't expecting Rey Mysterio versus Schmeichel here. We were, no, I thought they and then we wanted a fight. They gave it to us. They wanted a fight. Piper called it a fight. The whole build. Yeah. He didn't call yeah. it a match. He called it a fight. I want I want Hulk Hogan powdering and doing all that steel stuff that he was doing with Savage at, at Halloween Havoc. He was doing that. I thought I thought he was good. Yeah, he didn't have the fake hair on this one though. <laughs> no, no, no. So Hogan misses the leg drop. Uh, the giant comes out. And the giant, now the, this is where time stood still. <laughs> the giant has Piper in a choke slam. Uh, a fan hits the ring, and Hogan and Randy Anderson are beating up this uh, this fan, mm-hmm. but the fan didn't he he didn't understand what his role was. It was just to, you know, you gotta get out of the ring because you came in right when we're trying to build to the to the finish. And so finally, the the cops grab him and, and they pull him out of the ring. So the giant has Piper up in this choke slam for what seemed like hours. Yeah, Piper slips out of it, and then uh, and and escapes. And I forget I forget what he did to the giant to get the giant out of the ring. But the giant is out of the ring, and then Piper puts Hogan in the sleeper. Ref checks Hogan. Uh, does the three Randy Anderson when the, when when the third arm comes down? Randy Anderson kind of looks at, at at the crowd and goes, "No shit!" And he rings the bell. He didn't actually say no shit, but he, he yeah. gave like this super surprised look. And this finish reminded me of Samoa Joe and MJF because yeah. that's what Bryce did. Bryce, yeah, but not. not- but Randy Anderson is more professional than Bryce Anderson. Well, it's more he did it more subtly for yeah. sure. Bryce yeah. was like, "Wait, they told me what was supposed to happen, and this is not what it was supposed to happen." But I got to ring the thing anyway, it's a, a, as if it was like fake or something. That's yeah. how Bryce reacted. The Randy Anderson reacted like, "Oh shit, this 
you know, guy batting 210 hit the game-winning home run in the bottom of the ninth to win it for the home team, yeah. right? Yeah. Bryce, remember, was like, oh, my gosh, really? <laughs> I'm just – I'm so shocked. Like, dude, you're not – you're supposed to be impartial. Yeah. Like, you're, yeah. you're not supposed to be shocked. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, that guy. Just would – I would lose it. Yeah, <laughs> if I worked there, I would just lose it. I'd pull a cornet and I'd probably smack him. I'll be on disciplinary committee. Would be on my ass. <laughs> Brian Danielson would be on you get me. Find he's like, I gotta stretch you. Like, ah, shit, it's worth it. I'll do it again. Let's get it. Um, it, it was funny because you know Jeremy and I were the only ones there. Big Dave wasn't even there at his own house. He, he bounced on his own all-timer. Uh, that, that's that's for another day. That's for another day, bro. That's for next this is that's for the fight game podcast on the <laughs> Join our join the fight game podcast. <laughs> Subscribe on the Wrestling Observer. So, you know, so I'm like screaming at at Bryce Remsburg, but Jeremy was so tired. He had such a long day. Yeah. You know, cuz he works so early in the morning and and so he was not like he was like yeah whatever I'm I'm tired and you probably uh, thought of me didn't you yeah I was so mad I was like man if John was only here I would have tore that TV down Dave <laughs> that was it okay huh. so so this match ha- so this match is over he wins the match Hall and Nash came out uh and and they're all pissed off at the giant because he screwed up now at what point was this a non-title match. They never said it. It was just a fight. They ne- I mean, they never promoted it as a world title match, though. But they also never, never told us it wasn't a world I title know. match. Oh, I 100%. I know. I thought they should have. Maybe they want to give away the finish. They thought they did. But I right, thought right, when right. it happened, when I watched it live at the pay-per-view, when I watched it, I thought, oh, shit, did Piper win the title? But he didn't. He just won the match, which yeah. led to the rematch yeah. at Super Brawl uh, in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was. I just remember when I, you know, because at this point, ninety six, I'm not paying that close attention. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm watching the pay per views, but I'm not watching the TV all of the time. So I'm, I'm like, I'm just like, I wonder if I just didn't realize that. You know, I must have missed one of the one of the nitros where they said it was a non title because I totally thought that Piper had just won the belt, and mm-hmm. and he didn't. And so you know, it. it uh, I was like, oh. No, no, no! Shit, Hogan is still a champ. All good. <laughs> we still, but Hogan's ego was what really got hurt in this match. Uh, so that fan that attacked or tried to attack someone, what the fuck he's trying to do? Drunk as hell. Um, you see him look to someone, nod his head like, "Okay, I'm finally going to do it," and jump the guardrail. But if you go back, rewind it to Lex Luger versus the giant when sting makes his way to the to the ringside area there's a fan that kind of shoulder checks him and, and oh, wow. doug dillinger has to give him a little pushback that's the same fan that jumped in the ring wow because i was like i noticed that when sting came out i'm like what the hell that what an asshole you know but he's lucky that sting didn't you know kick his butt or someone did that was weird and then all of a sudden here he is i'm like i didn't remember a fan jumping in the ring at this time you know mm, wow mm-hmm. so he was looking for trouble that guy good eyes. that old good that eyes. old nat that old cowboy for nashville probably had one too many you know what what did you uh what did you rate this one you know i i mean i give it a solid three so dave basically put the match over by saying it was exactly what you wanted and these mm-hmm. guys you know the guys have so much good chemistry that 
you know, they didn't really have to do anything. The fans were just eating mm. out of their out of their palm of their hands. So he yeah. gave it a one and a half, but it was more like a one and a half because there weren't actually any wrestling moves, but like the fans were just eating this thing up like crazy. Nah, it was I thought they were I thought they were really good. Piper, like I said, he came in motivated and I, I, I wanna say not too long after I think some it'd be interesting to watch Super Bowl again to see how he looked in that match. But I remember mm-hmm. like it was a quick a quick decline for him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because on uh so on Nitro the next night, they basically they basically say that Piper's not team WCW and that he's uh you know, it was great to have him for the one the one match and you know, he wanted he wanted to come in, you know, have his one match and, and then be done. And so they do like a 180 in the middle of the show and they're like, Oh, Piper is actually here and he's gonna come out and talk. And Piper basically treats it like a retirement. And he's like, Yeah, you know, it was great to have the one fight. And uh Hogan comes out with, with Bischoff and uh hogan you know piper's like i don't know i don't know what you're talking about dude like i put you to sleep and hogan's like you know the only reason i kind of went easy on you is because your son he told me to take it easy on the old man and for some reason like that really made piper mad (laughs) like i was like it should have took it taken hogan you know three insults for piper to get frustrated but the one where yeah you know your son wanted me to take it easy on you that was that was that fired him up he took off the shirt mm-hmm. took off the belt took off the kilt and he's like let's fight i got one more in me let's fight right now and you're fired up because piper's firing up and he's great at firing up and hogan is just kind of looking towards the stage and the, but then he's like getting ready just in case piper shoots on him and he kind of looks towards the ramp again and he's, he's he's like getting defensive in his stance and then i'm like oh piper just gets his ass kicked <laughs> like, yeah they all jump him they take the uh they they do the thing with the hip again hogan hits the hits the hip with the chair and they they want the giant to basically take him out and he doesn't, and Piper's screaming like like they're cut. They're trying to cut promos at the end of this show, and Piper's like screaming at the top of his lungs. I'm not Some exactly gibberish. sure. What he's, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what he's saying. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'm like, I remember that, and they, I think they followed up with this the next Nitro. We're like, what did he say? What was in those words? It was like that stupid video he sent in. Remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it, it's like I say, like, don't even mention this ever again. You yeah, know, like yeah. you like like. If you could turn like the like the sound off when he's, you know, like <laughs> God. Piper. So he goes away in he goes away on the stretcher and then they put him in an ambulance. But the the conflict turns toward the giant, and so Hogan gets in his face again. He tells him he dropped the ball and and then he grabs Hogan by the throat and Hogan is awesome. Yeah, right yeah. here. Hogan is. He's got the mic, and he's being choked, and the giant is basically saying, do I have my title match? He's like, yes, brother, you have your title match. I got you. You have your title match, and giant's choking him and choking him, and the giant's basically telling all the NWO guys, like, you guys better you guys better back up, man, because, you know, I got Hogan, mm-hmm. but, you know, if you guys come in, I'm going to, like, hurt him even worse, and so they're, like, kind of backed up. So finally, uh, 
Hogan agrees, and he's like, and he's almost like, man, brother, I didn't know that the belt mean that much to you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so he goes out of the ring, and then he's like, all right, everybody, wins, yeah. yeah, go yeah. get him. And so it's like a it's like a nine on one beatdown, and that's where Scott Norton comes in, and and you know the strong man, yeah, can can put out the giant. And so then they then they beat him up. It was it was a great angle, but it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, we we've, we've seen multiple versions of this. Uh, you know, a lot on this show at this point. At this point, well, still, it's still pretty fresh in a way. Yeah. You know, it's get start, but like by middle of, I don't know, February, <laughs> starts, you know, it's like every episode of uh, Nitro ends the same way. Uh, uh, poor Tevity Yossi just sitting at ringside on the apron, gets hit with this big old full can of soda or cap of soda. And he goes, ah, fuck. um i like hogan before before he got choked by the giant and he goes he goes don't worry guys i got this it's my brother man it's my brother (laughs) and i was just like yeah hogan was fair he was you know so it's like it's like the i it just sucks that the ego got the egos got way too crazy yeah because hogan showing being vulnerable here just made it better, you know? And like when he became like, Oh, they're just kicking everyone's ass at the end. It just got, it got too much. And, but here's the only issue with this. I did not like with the whole pipe before we, with Piper before being attacked by all these guys in NWO. Oh, I know he's not team WCW and they're, and that's why they're saying that's why no one came out. Mm-hmm. But dude, you had Luger on the show, you know, you had, you had other guys, other baby faces on the show like them. There's so, there's so many NWO guys. It's, it's an easy way that you can still have Luger come out, but not get in the ring. Right. You know, or I mean, maybe the horseman doesn't need to come out, but like other like guys on the roster, a Jim powers, a ice train or whoever the fuck, like, you know, Bayface, just, you know, come out and get, you know, just kind of try to get in, but they can't, you know, they're just outnumbered. And yeah. You still, it, I wish they would have had that. Like it, it makes Luger look bad mainly because Luger's this top WCW star. He's not going out there to help a legend like Piper or just, yeah. you know, they, you know, they used to do stuff in the old days on the territory when, you know, like a Jack Briscoe or someone that baby faced in would be there. Dusty Rhodes would be on Georgia TV early on, cutting a promo about something about the Omni card. And then they would do a heavy angle later that, you know, between a heel and another baby face, maybe Tommy Rich or something like that. And the heel will beat up Tommy Rich, and people will be, be wondering, like, well, where's Dusty Rhodes? Well, they they, take, they say, oh, you know, Dusty Rhodes had a, you know, after this interview, he has to go, you'll see some sick children at the hospital, or he's on his way to an event in Florida. So you give him an out, like, oh, why didn't Dusty Rhodes come out? He was just here, you know? Yep. yep. And same same should have been done with Luger. Yep. Here. Yep. All right. Well, our journey is over. The last three years. Raw 97 and 98, and now Nitro 96, plus all the pay-per-views. Really happy that we got this done, and we're switching gears for uh, our next project, doing wrestling movies, and we're going to break down the uh, the, the Iron Claw Mm -hmm. uh, for our first, and then we'll put together a schedule for uh, how we're going to do the other movies, or or the order of the other movies. But I think I want to do... I want to do the WCW movie second, no. just to get it out of the way. Because I'm just dying to see it. it. That's why. That, that's why we, I was we, dying to see it. I, I'm guessing there's certain, like, of the 12 movies, like, No Holds Barred has to be on there, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're Body Slam, I would think, has to be on there. Let me see if I, I, I have Paradise Alley, possibly. Yeah. You know, I, but, I, but I, I want the fight game community to be like, hey, 
How about this one? Well, you know? we, we put together a list. I actually asked for some feedback. And so mm-hmm. these are the 12 movies that we're going to talk about. Now, this may change because, okay. you know, the, it, it could be, uh, you know, we could make some changes based on, you know, someone letting us know that there's a, a better movie or whatever. So Ready to Rumble, mm-hmm. Paradise Alley, okay. the one and only, which is Henry Winkler. <laughs> Uh, the, the, both versions of the wrestler, the seventies version, the AWA movie, oh, and then, man. Yeah. And, and, and then the, uh, the, the movie from, what was that? Gosh, probably been about what? 10 years now. Right. The, the other wrestler. 2009 or 2008. Oh, maybe? Even, so even longer, 15 years. Yeah. It's before I met my wife because I was dating a bunch of people. I saw a couple of times, different women. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So, uh, Iron Claw. Mm-hmm. There's also a movie called All the Marbles, which is supposed to be really good. I think it's like from the 70s. I don't think I've ever seen that one. All uh, the Marbles. Well, I'm going to look it up. Right? Go, go ahead. No Holds Barred. Mm-hmm. There's a movie from the mid 80s called Bad Guys that is on the oh list. And there's another one called Night and the City. And there's two versions of Night and the City. The one from the, I think it's from the fifties, is supposed to be the best wrestling movie ever made. So that that's kind of our working list. Now everything is written in pencil, not not in pen. Uh, there's also, if we want to go, uh, my dad is a heel wrestler, Hiroshi Tanahashi's movie. Mm-hmm. We could we could do that. There's um, Choke Slam, uh, uh, featuring the one and only Lance Storm, uh, is in is in that one. Uh, mm. So I mean, there's other stuff. Now we have the Discord channel uh, of Popcorn and Pile Driver, so people have been throwing their suggestions in there. But we have a working list, and we'll sort of figure it out. We'll we'll probably do, you know, we'll ma- we'll we'll put together a schedule of like maybe the first three. So Iron Claw will be first. I want Ready to Rumble to be second. We'll figure out what that third movie is, and then we'll kind of, you know, we'll go from there. And and we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do our show that way. But I, I did I did want people to know. How I'm going to break this thing down. So I did a, a project uh, with my with my buddy Doolin uh, about Rocky. And this is kind of how we we ordered the podcast. So, you know, we gave our intro. We did our, our thoughts. We, we kind of broke down the general story, went through some of the characters. And then we did like a favorite scenes and a favorite quotes section, as well as... Uh, you know, what What are some of the factual, you know, what's the box office? What's some of the things that they change? You know, do they change directors, X, Y, and Z? And then then we had some questions as well. We're like, you know, here's, here's some questions we had about this movie. And then we had the discussion, uh, have some pet peeves. And then we'll kind of look at, uh, you know, the overall national review. What did Roger Ebert say about this movie if, mm. if he saw it? And then we'll just give our overall rating at the end. We're not going to do the Dave Meltzer five star or six star or zero stars or negative, you know, three and a half stars. We're just going to do a thumbs up and thumbs down like the old Siskel and Ebert. So John and I will each give our thumbs up or thumbs down. And then, and then that'll be uh, our rating overall rating for that said movie. Bro. Peter Falk is in this, all this Marvel's movie. Yeah. It's an almost two hour movie, by the way, which is wild for 1991, 1981, excuse me. And our friend Burt Young's in it. Yeah, love yeah. it. So it's a must. So yeah, we have this was a must. This is a must for sure. I want this one. Wow, 
I've how do I not seen this one? There's going to be there's going to be several that I haven't seen. Are we are they streamable anywhere? Have we figured that out? Make sure. Yeah, I mean, we're not, we'll have to look. I'm at okay that. with renting whatever. It's yeah, just, uh, me too. I mean the the one um, the night in the city one, which is from the 50s. Someone threw that on YouTube, so we could actually just go to YouTube okay. to find yeah, it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll we'll kick that off with Iron Claw. I'm gonna watch it again. We've both seen it. I'll watch it again just to make sure I have the timeline correct. And Dave mm-hmm. wrote uh, a giant story in the Last Observer. <laughs> about all the things that uh, were different from the real story. So we'll have all yeah. that stuff. We'll have the timeline stuff as well. But, uh, but yeah, real excited to get it kicked off. And the next time you hear John and I, except for the Fight Game Podcast, we'll be on uh, Popcorn and Pile Drivers, our very first episode as a bonus show later this month on the Fight Game Media Network. All right. So for... John LaRocca, I'm Double G, and we will see you when we see you. Peace out. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial. Plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program.